You can see these large footprints embedded into the carpet, creeping along the wall ninja style. She raised her arms up over her head and started to come towards me. And she had her mouth open like she was screaming. I hear my sister on the top bunk say, Ashley, you could see pieces of her hair being twirled in thin air. But now all of a sudden the green orb comes towards our truck, then it shoots out over the mountains into outer space. It is gone. So that is my ghost story. Hello and welcome to the Haunted AF Top 10 Stories of 2021. We are your hosts. I'm Julie Fisk. And I'm Rebecca Black. So quick reminder that even though we're between seasons, we are posting mini-sodes at patreon.com slash haunted AF. And of course, we've got movie reviews at juliesaysso.com. You can also find all the pictures and videos we mentioned in our stories at the blog at hauntedaf.com. We should probably just take a quick minute to address why you're on the phone. <laughs> yeah, because um, my house is riddled with COVID. COVID and the flu. Yes. You <laughs> My live- poor husband, COVID and the flu, and then I got the flu, and here we are. <laughs> yes, you are living in a COVID flu den, and I'm so sorry. It does seem like everyone we know in the U.S. right now is either yes. sick or living with yes. someone who's sick. So everybody take care of yourselves, and to keep you company, we're going to count down our top 10 of 2021. Our number 10 story was actually the very last story of our season six finale. We found William. Mark McCullough through Google and scrambled to talk to him about this movie that he filmed in the haunted house he grew up in from episode 12 season 6 it's a Savannah haunting. You guys got shut down because of COVID so does that mean you were stuck at is it your dad's haunted house? Well it was my dad's haunted house but I actually live there now. We've had some horrifying experiences here and it has calmed down quite a bit but the day after we signed our investment agreement to shoot the film Mm -hmm. the house went crazy and it's stayed crazy until we wrapped up the film. And on two occasions, I've had actors come back to visit you know, just to say hi. Yeah. You know, I lived here by myself. And the actress who plays the mom, Jen Shaw, she stopped by and doors all over the house are slamming. She's like, are you doing some construction here on the house? I'm like, no, it's just, it's just <laughs> us. And interestingly enough, as I was waiting on the Zoom to get on, doors started slamming all over the house no! today. Yeah, when, when we focus on it... It gets energy and kind of goes crazy. I don't know if you saw this when you were doing some research, but because we were shut down, we decided to do a feature-length documentary about the history of the actual haunting. Yes! We brought in mediums, a paranormal investigation team, a voodoo priestess, uh, an Eastern Orthodox priest. We brought in historians just looking at the history of the location and what were the possible causes. And then we covered us trying to actually film in an active haunted house with crew and cast threatening to quit because of the things that were going on here. Is there any real like haunted footage that made it into the movie? During the closing credits of our film, uh, we used some documentary footage and some security footage from the actual house. Yeah. And so the movie ends with real security footage of some stuff that happened here. Oh that is gosh. so freaking cool. <laughs> Do you ever worry that talking about it or giving it a whole new life like this is going to encourage the and make more stuff happen? Oh, good question. Thank you. Yeah. Again, we signed our investment contract on February 1st, 2020. And I woke up the next morning. I walk into my bathroom. I have like a three mirror bathroom. And the mirrors are all fogged up. 
but I had not taken a shower. And there are symbols drawn into the glass Jesus. on the mirrors. Mark. And oh my God. Yeah, that was literally the day after we signed the investment contract. And so many crazy things would happen. Like I remember leaving one morning to go to the gym and I have a pool and there's like pool chairs in the back. I come home from the gym and the chairs are all stacked upside down <gasps> top, so that only one leg of each chair is touching the ground, like a very intricate stack. What? And I remember, that's so crazy. The wind blew them like that. Except- <laughs> Three more times. I feel like you need a, not to sound awful, your own reality show. Yes. Set cameras up in this yes. joint and just let it go. Let it go. Well, you know, I'd had security cameras up in the past because I travel a lot, you know, as an actor, yeah. I'm all over the country. And when something would get triggered in the house, it would set off an alarm on my phone and I could see what was going on. I eventually took the cameras out because I kept seeing terrifying things. Um, repeatedly, I would get woken up. It's always the middle of the night Mm -hmm. to a figure walking across the front of my living room. One time I I was wakened to the sound of a little girl laughing in the front, front of the house. I took the cameras out. Then when we started doing the documentary, we put cameras all over the house again. Uh, It was pretty shocking. Some of the stuff we captured. William Mark McCullough, we can see your work already in Hillbilly Elegy. Mm -hmm. And actually one of my favorites, American Made. You were one of the snowbirds. Yeah, I'm the one with the long hair and the crazy mustache. But. Door opening there. Um, I heard it. No, I I heard heard it. it. When you turned, I like I heard it. Yeah. Uh, Do it again. Do it again. Doing it right now. We've got a handful of glitch in the matrix stories over the years, which of course those always blow our minds. But number nine out of Austin, Texas, was definitely one of our favorites this year. I want to encounter this. This is the glitch in the matrix I want. So this next story comes from Nicole, and she says, Hello, Rebecca and Julie. I have to start off by saying the podcast keeps me on my toes as I work out in the field on my herb farm in Austin, Texas. Herb. 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 Uh, It really helps these agonizingly hot summer days fly by. I bet. Life has been pretty tranquil since moving to Austin over a decade ago until last year. I like to run on a bike path by my house and on this particular day a series of rainstorms had left the ground nice and soupy in line with my usual routine i mindlessly parked my truck in the unpaved parking area by the path and watched as both of my back wheels sunk in about a foot in the mud Ooh, that sucks yeah frustrated i got out of my truck and began to walk the two miles back to my house to get what i needed to coax my truck out of the sludge i entered our neighborhood which only has one entrance and was trudging up the incline when i saw a striking old-timey orange convertible drive down the hill towards me in it were three long-haired blonde boys who looked as though they stepped out of a righteous 1980s California beach film. The colorful scene was so vibrant it made me smile as they drove past. I'd never seen this car or the guys in our neck of the woods and remember thinking how wonderful it was to see them laughing and having such a great time together even though it was strange to be riding in a convertible on such a cold day. After they passed me I looked down at my phone to pick out my next podcast probably Haunted AF. Thank Thank you. you. And then looked up not even 20 seconds later to see the exact same orange convertible filled with the same dudes coming over the hill towards me again no there's absolutely no way for them to turn around or sneak past me and re-enter the neighborhood without me noticing they passed me again laughing together in the exact same way they did the first time I was so shocked that I literally stopped dead in my tracks and I watched them drive by again, taking no notice of me standing there slack-jawed. Chills ran up and down my spine 
and I couldn't make heads or tails of this experience. I was completely sober, well-rested, even pinched myself in the moment to make sure I wasn't dreaming. I now take great comfort in thinking that we live in a simulation. The (laughs) overlords have created a pretty awesome life for me, and I'm grateful for these quirky moments that remind me to have fun with life, especially handy during a global pandemic. Thanks so much for reading, and keep up the great work, Nicole. What an amazing story. Oh, it's so good. I want to see these boys. You know what? I think they're like time traveling surfer boys. That's kind of, yeah, I yeah. can see that. And they're, the convertible is their time machine. Ooh, I love it. They're like Bill and Ted, but cuter. Oh, way cuter. Number eight came to us in the form of a Twitter thread about creepy kids. Uh. We got an email from Anita Cusick who sent a Twitter link. The tweet was from Dan Schreiber from the No Such Thing as a Fish podcast. And it said, interesting bedtime chat with my three-year-old tonight. Daddy, I had a family a long time ago and my mummy was called Sochi and I was called Anka, but then I died and now I'm with your family. Anyway, if anyone needs me, I'll be up cleaning the pants I just shed in (laughs) for the rest of the night. Yeah, so then after this tweet, everybody starts following up with their own creepy kids stories. Oh my God, I love it. Okay, so this one came from hashtag, hello, my name is Claire. Mm. When my son was little, he never liked his toenails being trimmed, used to go gray and physically shake proper panic attack. He said it's because when he was a soldier, he had his toenails pulled out. (gasps) Yeah. This one comes from at Mitch underscore R23. Creepiest thing my son ever said was when we were driving and he went, oh, look at all the people. There were no people, but we just happened to be driving past a local cemetery. Oh (laughs) my goodness. Uh, This next one comes from at Trey Cadillac, I guess. Trey Cadillac? I don't know. I like Trey Cadillac. (laughs) Trey Cadillac is better. I do like that one. Uh, So they said, my mom and sister were in a taxi with my nephew when he was about three. He pointed at a branch of Claire's accessories and said, when I was a big boy and I was a fireman, I used to go in that pet shop. The elderly taxi driver almost crashed, said it had been a pet shop when he was a kid. And by the way, actual taxi driver who was driving that day responded in the comments. That very episode inspired Ricky to send her story, which we recently shared with our patrons. Hi, this is Ricky. I have a story from when I was about maybe nine. My brother, who's seven, eight years older than me, was still of an age where he would come to our touring caravan and have holidays with us every now and then. So my dad and I had gone to Glasgow to pick him up at the train station. So we pick up my brother, Andrew, and we're driving along. And I turned and I said, when I was a young man, I died here and I could never get back home. And they both looked at me and said, what? And I said, yeah, when I was a young man, I died here. I worked here and it exploded and I burnt and I never could get back home. When I lived here, my name was Jimmy, but my mammy called me Shamey and I never could get back to Eleanor Rillen, Donna D. And my brother and my dad were like, yeah, whatever. So I kept saying to my brother, I just feel really awful now that I remember dying there, everything exploded and, and I died and I could never get home to Eleanor Willen, Donna D. So I think we were staying in Pittenweem, a little fishing village in Scotland. And my brother takes me to the library to try and look up this Eleanor Willen lady. And uh, apologies to any Scottish people because my accent's going to be awful. But the librarian says, oh no, that Wayne's no speaking about a woman. That Wayne's speaking about the Mill Isle, Eleanor Rillen, Adonach D. 
Apparently, it's an island off of Donagh D, and the lady took us back to 1872. There what? absolutely was the the Tradeston flour mills really did explode exactly off where I had pointed to, and one of the dead was a young man whose name was uh, James something. Apparently, in Ireland, where he was from, in Donaghdy, wherever that is, it wouldn't have been James, it would have been Seamus. And so he was Jimmy, but his mammy called him Shemmy. And I vividly remembered, as I passed the place, that that had been me and I had died there. Isn't that crazy? We've also had several stories about babies this season, uh, especially the crying babies that no one can seem to find in their houses. Our number seven story of 2021, though, comes from Alicia about her grandmother's ghost friend, Red. So finally, we're going to wrap it up with the story from Alicia. She says, my grandmother had a ghost friend for most of her life. When she was little, she thought he was an imaginary friend, but he never went away. His name was Red, and when I was born as the first grandchild, he was very excited. My parents lived with my grandfather (laughs) in a house next to a natural reserve park. My mom and dad lived in the basement, and when I was an infant, I had a nursery upstairs. My mother was often home alone with me at night, as my grandfather and father both worked late shifts in a factory. One Mm -hmm. night, mom had put me to bed and was resting in the basement when she heard what sounded like men's footsteps going up the basement stairs. She was alone at this point and thought someone had broken in, so she found a baseball bat and crept up the stairs to defend me from the intruder. When she reached the top steps, however, she could hear me laughing in my crib and the sounds of toys going off. Now, I was just a small baby at this point. I couldn't do anything but roll around, so she was really scared to hear my toys. She rushed into my room with that bat raised above her head and found me alone laughing in my crib while every toy I had was going off all at once. She knew it was my grandmother's ghost friend, Red. So the next morning she calls her and says, come get your freaking ghost. My grandmother just laughed and said, ha ha ha, I wondered where he had gone. He bothered my mother on many occasions and apparently hung out with baby me a lot. Another time, my mom was again alone in the house, but this time during a blizzard. She was cleaning and had left me on the bed with blankets around to keep me from rolling off of it. So she comes back to check on me, but found me missing. Of course, she freaked out thinking I had rolled off the bed, but couldn't find me anywhere. She checked all the rooms and then went outside in the snow where she ran all the way around the house. (sighs) Terrified, she calls my dad who came straight home to look for me. Together, they searched the house with my dad at one point even pulling the mattress off the bed. They finally gave up and grabbed the phone to call the police. Then they walked back to my room as the phone was ringing. That's where they found me, not yet old enough to walk, (gasps) mind you sitting and giggling on the overturned mattress. In total, I was gone for about two hours. No freaking way. Right. Our number six story came to us early in season six, and we're still not sure what the hell was sitting on this woman's porch swing. (laughs) Though he actually sounds kind of nice. This story comes from Rachel. Hey, y'all. Thank you for letting me come on here and tell my crazy werewolf story. I guess it's a werewolf. I have no idea. Here it goes, okay? One morning I woke up, the sun was just now coming up here in East Tennessee, and I heard something swinging on our front porch because the two chains on the porch swing was chinging together like something was out there. I'm like, there's no way somebody is on our freaking front porch. So I got really freaked out, and of course, me being me, I went to the foot of my bed because I could see the porch 
plain as day from my window. So I creeped slowly and quietly as I could and I barely opened the curtains and I looked out and there was a, looked like to be the back of a werewolf on our porch swing in broad daylight pretty much holding one of our kittens, swinging, petting the kitten, and the kitten was not moving like it was scared. What? It was just hanging out in the werewolf's hands while it was being petted by the werewolf. It was the craziest freaking thing I'd ever seen in my life. I was not dreaming. I could tell you the exact quilt was on the bed, and I remember sitting there staring at it for I don't know how long and I guess I just passed out from being so scared or whatever but I woke up in the same position right in front of the window a couple hours later like I'd been looking out the window and so I have no idea it was just the craziest thing but I'm hoping somebody can tell me what this was maybe and I love y'all's podcast, and I recently found y'all, and I have been benching the crap out of it. I'm so thankful I found you. Thank you very much. Oh, I love that accent. I do, too. Being She's been the crap out of it. I'm like, that's adorable. <laughs> but what? <laughs> okay, y'all, don't forget. We've got our Patreon page. It's got so many exclusive stories. We've gotten incredible ones over the year, including one that is so wild we had to put it in our top 10. Number five comes from Cat in Australia. By the way, trigger warning here. She does talk about mutilated animals, so please proceed with caution. Hey guys, so I have a weird story, not a ghost one, but equally as creepy. So um, I live on a farm and we had 10 dogs at the time, all working hunting dogs. So in the morning, um, my older brother went and collected a new hunting dog. All of our dogs at the time, like they were in a big ass pen and uh, my brother made the pen and it was solid, like he was a welder and uh, nothing could get in and out, it was just his door and it was really solid. Anyway, so he tied this new dog to a different pen, which was next to it, because the dogs, they didn't know each other, so he didn't want to just shove it in with them. So he tied it to the side, you know, it was all had water, it was all beautiful and they couldn't reach each other at all. There's metal, two metal things between them. So this is Australia Day. So, which is a big day of drinking for Australians. So, we went to the pub. So, um, we're at the pub drinking, having a great time. And my brother leaves. His wife drives him. And um, so, he left before us. Anyway, so, we rocked up home. And we live on a farm, obviously. So, we've, you know, the front gate's probably a kilometre from a house. And we noticed that um, one of our piles of wood in the front paddock was on fire. We thought it was weird. So, I sent my brother a message and he told me that he'd lit it but that's it so we went to bed I woke up the next morning to let um to go out and let our dogs out and I noticed that we didn't have any and I was like "Mm, this is weird and the pen was all busted open like there was the metal had been bent and um there is blood everywhere and I'm like what the hell so I've rang my brother and he's like Turns out, when my brother got home to feed the dogs, something had ripped open the dog pen. Now, yep, steel was bent, and um, our dogs were all slaughtered. Now, I'm just not talking like, you know, throat's cut, whatever, a human's done this. I'm talking they were dismembered, so um, my brother had to pick all of the parts up and dispose of them so that's why we had a mysterious fire 
And to this day, we have no idea what happened. Like the metal was bent in and out and it was like something had just crushed it. No dog could do this. Like it was crazy as. Anyway, have fun with that one. See you, ladies. So we've reached our number four in the Haunted AF Top 10 of 2021. And this one came to us courtesy of the famously haunted Queen Anne Hotel in San Francisco. This hotel, I don't get there till like 11. And it's this little tiny room. And when you walk in, there's a bed with a canopy over it. I lay down in bed. And when I turn the light off, I hear this noise right next to me. It sounded like this. It goes, so I turn the light back on. I'm looking around going, what the hell's going on? So then I turn the light off. And as soon as I turn the light off, I hear, but I'm realizing that as soon as the light fades in the room, that's when the noise happens. So at this point, I turn the light off. As soon as I turn it off, I flick it back on. And the canopy is normally hangs down, and I get goosebumps every time I tell the story. There's like somebody standing in the middle of the bed with their finger pushing straight up on the canopy, like a tent pole. But there's nothing there, and then all of a sudden it goes away, and the canopy comes down and goes... And I laid in bed like a little kid. I pulled the covers up over my eyes. <laughs> And I never turned that damn light off again. Number three features a doll that we've all come to know, love, and dread. <laughs> he brings roaches wherever he goes. Might be made of wood, but no one really knows. And apparently he's uh, keeping a lizard plushie hostage. Yes, that's right, y'all. It's from... Okay, Ooh. so this next person wants to be called Casper because, quote, I'm very pale and friendly. <laughs> <laughs> so they say, in my junior year of high school, my now ex-girlfriend went to her church's yard sale and brought home two jester dolls. They were about a foot and a half tall, wore huge jester horned hats and had frilly colorful outfits. She gave one to me and one to our friend and I have no idea if that other doll was as active as mine. We named him Fromped. Though I can't remember why. Seriously, why? Like, I've Googled this. I'm like, what does this word mean? Fromped. It's not even easy to say. Uh, No. We could also never tell what he was made out of. He looked like porcelain, but his teeth had been gouged out, and it looked almost like wood underneath. But it wasn't wood. It honestly baffled me. I have a picture somewhere that I'll try to include. We do have a picture. We're going to post that in the companion blog. Uh, When I brought my doll home, I put it on my dresser across from my bed, but I felt really uncomfortable with it there and moved it to a closet. Shelf. That's when everything began. The next night, I woke up a little after 3 a.m. to a crash and a skittering noise. Ah, I turned on the lamp and saw puzzle pieces sticking out from under the closet door. In the morning, I saw that everything on the closet shelves, other than Fromped, had been knocked off. These shelves are deep, and there were even things behind him that ended up on the floor. Every night after that, I would wake up from horrible nightmares in the middle of the night between 3 and 3.30. I also started getting cockroaches in my room, specifically in the closet. Mm-hmm. We had pest control come multiple times, but the roaches always came back. Ever since I got rid of Fromped, though, there have been no cockroaches. My mom gave me a bar of extremely pungent sage soap from a trip to a spa. I thought it'd be nice to put in my closet so I could mask the smell of my dirty laundry. Gross. That <laughs> night, I woke up at my regular 3 a.m. time to to a soft thud. In the morning, I saw the soap on the ground. I put it back further on the shelf, but it fell off again the next night. Then I put it in the back corner with an airplane pillow around it to keep it from sliding around. That night, I woke up to repeated thuds like the soap was being moved around. So years pass on and off with activity from Fromped. Then one time I came home from college on winter break and found Fromped hugging a stuffed lizard plushie very tightly, even though his arms aren't posable. Ah! 
My brothers both swore that they hadn't been in my closet, so we all decided that the lizard was fromps and not to mess with it. In 2019, I met a guy who likes to research paranormal stuff. He became very interested in fromps, so I sent him the doll last summer. I even sent the lizard plushie with him. The day fromps left my house, the roaches that had plagued me for over five years disappeared. I haven't seen a single roach in the house since, but the researcher who now has him has started seeing them. Sorry if this is too long. Hope you enjoyed it. Have an excellent day, Casper. Okay, can I just say one thing about fromps? Oh, Oh, yeah. He defiled that lizard. <laughs> <laughs> like, I have no doubt in my mind after seeing the picture of Frost, who, by the way, looks like some sort of evil Mardi Gras friend. Yes. <laughs> like, he straight up had a full-blown relationship with that lizard. And the lizard is just like, help. I don't I want this. I know. It's not even smiling. It's sad. <laughs> it's the saddest plushie so ever. Oh, and remember, you can look at pictures of Frompt at hauntedaf.com. He's in the blogs, episode four, season five. And our number two story came to us courtesy of Amanda, and we've never really recovered from this one. Hi, Julia and Rebecca. About 10 years ago, I was contacted out of the blue by a childhood friend that I hadn't seen in probably 25 years. And he's talking to me, asking questions about my dad, which I thought was kind of weird because you know how every neighborhood has that one grouchy, mean, ornery, get off my lawn type of dad? That's my dad. So for this guy to have remembered him from his childhood and want to know if he's still alive was kind of weird. So he asked me, you know, is your dad still living? And I said, yes. And he says his first name was Garfield, but he went by Gar, correct? I said, yes. He says, now, was he named after his father? And I said, yes. So he's like, okay, so your grandfather was Gar and he lived in and gave the name of the city and very accurately described my grandparents' house. And I thought, okay, now this is getting a little bit creepy. So I says to him, I says, what exactly do you need from me? He says, I'm leading an investigation with a paranormal group that has been called to help the family of a four-year-old boy whose imaginary friend has become a little too real for his parents' liking. He goes on to very, very accurately describe my deceased grandfather. Now, this little boy had told the paranormal investigators everything that he'd been seeing. He drew them pictures. He told stories that he had an imaginary friend named Gar. He worked someplace dirty because he came home wearing coveralls and would be covered in soot. And a lot of times he would go out to the woods and come home covered in blood from killing animals. And this, of course, was really upsetting to his parents. These stories that he was telling and the pictures that he was drawing. And the pictures would depict this tall, skinny man with a comically large nose and super tight, very bright red curly hair. So he's describing all of this to me. And I kid you not, I am covered in goosebumps because my grandfather... He wore coveralls every day of his life to his job working in a copper mine where he would come home every day covered in soot. And in his free time, his sort of side hustle was trapping animals because at that time, Sears Roebuck would pay you for the furs. So he would often come in the house covered in animal blood from tanning a hide. 
talking to this friend of mine and we basically came to the conclusion that my dead grandfather was haunting this little boy. I mean, right down to the pictures he drew of the coveralls and the tight curly red hair was just too accurate. There was no way anyone would have known these facts about my family. So yeah, um, apparently my grandfather came back from the dead to harass a toddler. And our number one haunted AF story of 2021 by a landslide, hands down, is Audrey, who needs no real introduction. Yeah! (laughs) I have got some ghost stories for you. (laughs) Am I allowed to mention that I took an edible a little bit ago? So, I grew up in Indiana, and so my home... (laughs) This is rough. Yeah. Okay, no joke. I paused my recording, and I just went and got some sun chips. So now I feel very confident, very ready. So I grew up in Indiana. I love her And so much. we had these really awesome woodsy backyards. Okay. Why okay. I'm going to start over. <laughs> we shared I'm a woodsy crying. backyard with a abandoned house behind us. Well, presumably abandoned. I assumed it was abandoned because we had never had a neighbor there. So I just thought it was an empty house. But one day my brothers and I were playing in the woods and we found a raccoon skull and we were like, oh sweet, let's go show mom. So we showed mom and she made a joke about like, thank goodness it's not a human skull. And she and my brothers laughed and I was like, what? (laughs) Like that would be terrifying. It's not a funny joke, mom. So they told me that we did used to have a neighbor. His name was Herb Baumeister, which is kind of difficult to say. Those bees back to back. And he lived there before my parents moved in. So he was already there when my parents got there. And my mom saw him once walking along our fence line. And our dog was barking like crazy. And so my mom came into the backyard and yelled, Oh, sorry, our dog's so nice. She just barks. And he didn't look at her. He just kept walking straight, and my mom was like, that guy's weird because it was the 90s and he was wearing an outfit that looked like the 70s, apparently. So my mom judged him. Rude. Okay, so (laughs) serial killer neighbor would go to Indianapolis and pick up young men at gay bars and bring them back to his place. They would start getting frisky in the indoor pool, and... Things would start to escalate into some light choking, which is fine until it's not fine because then he would strangle them and kill them and bury their bodies in our shared backyard. Furthermore, one of his potential victims escaped. He went straight to the police and he was like, hey, I think you need to look into this guy and investigate him for some of these missing cases. So I should speed it up so I can get to the ghost stuff. But basically they started an investigation and Herb found out and fled to Michigan and shot himself. So they found the remains of, I think it was 11 plus bodies, but they could only identify eight, which is really heartbreaking that a lot of families didn't get to have their like missing family members case resolved. But actually the person who lives there now is currently trying to do that, which is really awesome. So now let's tell some ghost stories, baby. Thank God I don't have a podcast. You need a podcast. Nobody lived there. I thought it was abandoned from the time I was born until my sophomore year of high school. A family moved in and they had a son my age and he was hot. 
And real quick, this family's last name, Graves. Not kidding. Yeah. Uh, so I befriended him, and we would all go to their house because his parents were a little wacky. You have to be a little wacky to buy a haunted house. Mm-hmm. They said they got a great deal on it, which I believe. Imagine um, that. They didn't care what we did, so we would always go to their house to drink cheap vodka out of plastic water bottles. <laughs> and this house was everything you would expect it to be. It was a mansion, dark wood, lots of carpet, an old piano, mm. an old library. And then when you walk into the kitchen, maybe I'm imagining this, but I know for sure that they had all their pots hung up. And I'm pretty darn sure they had all their f-ing knives hung up. And then we go downstairs. There's an indoor pool and a cement basement. And we swam in that indoor pool. No, and you actually, didn't. I felt the most comfortable in that room, which is interesting because it's the most haunted because that's where he would actually uh-huh. kill them. Yeah. And our friend, Mr. Hot Guy Graves, would often be not able to hang out because ghost hunters and mediums and like people for shows would be coming to his house. And so he would tell us some of those stories. And apparently there was a six-year-old girl medium and they were in the pool room and they asked her to go into this like storage room and she was like i can't go in there because there are people sleeping in there Ah. so then my high school stupid ass and my friends we all went into that room and we all crowded into this pool storage room Mm -mm. and turned the lights off which is like so sexy when you're in high school you're like i'm in the dark and there's like luke from math class right next to me <laughs> Seven like anything could happen but obviously nothing happened so we all crowd into this storage room have the lights off i'm terrified because i didn't want to mess with the ghosts in the first place i just wanted to become friends with Mr. Hot Guy Graves. And I don't know much about pools, but I'm pretty sure a pool vacuum is a thing, Mm -hmm. like a pool vacuum cleaner. So we were all crowded in here, and tough guy number one starts taunting the ghosts. He was like, if you're in here, turn on this vacuum. Nothing. And we were all like, dude, stop. But we were also like giggling. (laughs) And then he goes, turn on, bitch. And the vacuum came on. And we were all like, heck no. So we sprinted out of there. And that was the only creepy thing I witnessed there. But of course, inside that house, you just, you felt it. Heck, I felt it even in my backyard. So this mansion also had a um, guest apartment attached to it. And they had a family friend move in. And this guy was like 30 year old single guy. He like claimed the most disturbances when he'd be swimming in the pool, he would feel like he was being choked. And when he was in his apartment, doors would slam all the time. I wonder if it was Herb's ghost like choking him or it was the nice ghost trying to warn him like get out of here, which is really sad to think about. Some of the ghost hunter people say that Herb's ghost is in the house and it likes to stand by the front windows and stare out into the backyard, which also looks at my house. (laughs) Nothing ever happened between Mr. Hot Guy Graves and I. Oh my gosh, I hope you guys can't hear my dog licking himself right now. Wait, listen, listen. Elmer! (laughs) You guys, I almost forgot to tell you 
two of the best stories. Okay, first of There's all, more. There's more. the Graves family used to always see this ghost that was wearing a red t-shirt and had no legs, and he would just kind of be lingering in the woods, and they would see him all the time, and it didn't bother them, but they were like, what is that ghost still doing there? And then they found a femur in the woods, and then they stopped seeing that ghost. <laughs> Second story, Herb used to... What a freak! Herb would keep... Oh, that was mean to say, that he was a freak. Maybe cut that out, because maybe... I don't... know. Herb is a murderer. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, thank you! He used to keep He's mannequins around his pool to make it like feel like he was having a party. No! Uh, last thing, uh! this location is called Fox Hollow Farm. So We're if you going. look that up, you can find all these details and more, baby. If this is the first time you've listened to Haunted AF, this top 10 is just the tip of the iceberg. We have so many incredible stories from all over the world. Go start all the way back in season one. And sorry, because we did a lot of screaming and laughing directly into our mics back mm -hmm. then. But we changed, we swear. The stories are totally worth it, though. So season seven is going to start on February 3rd. But only if you guys send your scary stories yes! to us. Please. Remember, we take them written or recorded, audio or video. Please include any additional evidence you have, like EVPs, mm -hmm. screenshots, or there's creepy-ass trail cam videos, which we love. <laughs> and then send them them all to hauntedafpodcast at gmail.com so we can use them in 2022 at Haunted AF. And don't forget to subscribe to Haunted AF on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts. Please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and of course, TikTok. You can even contact us directly through our website, hauntedaf.com. Gotta say thanks to Andrew Mamalika and Travis Vance for the Haunted AF theme song and to On Air Media for titles and technical support. Also, big thanks to all of the Haunted Day of Patreon supporters. Most of all, we have to thank you for listening and for sharing your stories with us. By the way, Julie, if I die first, I'm coming back to haunt you. I'll come back to haunt you too, Rebecca.